It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove Local Hour. We are doing a football wrap-up. we got three special guests for you. EKU head coach Walt Wells, defensive coordinator Jake Johnson, and linebacker Matthew Jackson all join us. We're going to talk of football, and we'll touch a little bit on basketball as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast Local Hour. Welcome into an all-new Sports Stove Podcast Local Hour presented by IPM Pest and Termites, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. You can find more information online at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. They'll help you with all your ants, spiders, centipedes, any other pests that you have. IPM Pest and Termite are the people for you. Make sure you get a hold of them and let them know that you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local Hour. We sure appreciate IPM Pest and Tournament and their support of this program. We've got a great show for you today. A lot of EKU football talk. Uh, we got on three guests, EKU head coach Walt Wills, defensive coordinator Jake Johnson, and then we also brought in Matt Jackson again, the EKU linebacker. Jake Johnson won the inaugural Sports Stove Coach of the Year Award. Matthew Jackson won the inaugural Sports Stove Podcast's Defensive Player of the Year. Both of them were so excited. We'll talk to them about, about those awards and uh, as well about the season that they've had. And then Coach Wells on the recruiting trail uh, joined us, and we sure appreciate his time as uh, as well tonight, and uh, as as we were able to do the recording on Tuesday night, um, we got him after he had been in a couple house visits already in the day, and has checked into the hotel and, and chatted with us for a few minutes. So we're going to bring all those uh, interviews to you here in just a minute. A lot of things going on in the EKU sports world still, and basketball, of course, is in uh, full swing as it is finals week, by the way, for EKU students. So good luck to each of you there. I got a chance to go to the EKU Xavier women's basketball game this past weekend and uh, just a few thoughts from those things. A lot of uh, aggressiveness for EKU, especially early on, and uh, they were they did their part. They were <clears throat> out out length. Is that a word? Uh, they, they just weren't as long as Xavier. It took them a while to get adjusted to that as Xavier was blocking shots, knocking passes away, and things like that early on in the first quarter. But the EKU girls overcame that. Uh, started to hit shots. Things started to go well. They were losing at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Jayla Johnson led the team in the first quarter with eight points. Then in the second quarter, they made a good run. They actually tied it up at halftime. They were tied 32-32 at halftime, and uh, they were able to force five steals in that first half. EKU was. They out-rebounded as well, uh, Xavier, in that first half. But then the third quarter kind of is when it turned uh, Xavier just came out. They were a little bit more aggressive. They were more efficient as well. They out-rebounded EKU 5-15, uh, or I guess 15-5 if you say it correctly. 
and they outscored them 16 to 12 as well. So uh, at the end of the third quarter, uh, Xavier took the lead. They were just a little bit more dominant there. I, I put it down as uh, Xavier was a little bit more nasty than EKU. Xavier got uh, they got a little physical during the game. Uh, even had a double technical at one point, but Xavier just kind of got a little bit, a little bit nastier. Then in the fourth quarter, uh, EKU was able to play a little bit more consistently, but still at that point it was kind of uh, out of control. And so Xavier ends up winning that game. But this this EKU women's basketball team, I'm telling you, they are incredibly entertaining to watch. If you're not coming to the games or watching on on television or listening on the radio, I don't know if I mean it's, it's still entertaining on the radio, but you can't see it. And uh, it really is uh, a really fun team to watch. Coach Greg Todd is doing a great job. And really starting, hopefully next week, we'll, we'll have more consistent basketball coverage for you on this program as, of course, football season is done and uh, and basketball season in full swing. So so we'll definitely get more aggressive with our basketball coverage. Uh, we're trying to get to as many games as we can to watch in person. The games take place, both men and women. Uh, and a rough week for for the basketball program, but they will overcome and they will uh, uh, definitely get things rolling. The key is, you know, Coach Greg Todd said after the game, the key is being prepared for conference play, and they're using these games, these non-conference games, to prepare them to practice, to 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 uh, fix things, those sorts of things. The idea is, is by January they need to be playing the kind of ball that they want to be playing. And it's going to take some time to get there. New new coach, late in the season, they brought them in. A new team that only a few of these girls have played together before. And so they're definitely doing that. A few names I I just continue just to see that being aggressive and playing well. Uh, Aliche has done a great job uh, so far this season. Uh, Reconati, I'm always afraid I'm saying her name incorrectly. In that first quarter, she had thir- three turnovers, but then... Uh, in the second quarter, three assists, zero turnovers. So continued to kind of improve along the way. Very aggressive style of play, which is positive for this team. Jayla Johnson, she is the vocal leader. Um, she has no issue with talking and pointing and directing and those sorts of things. And she also plays very aggressive as well. Then you got off the bench. Uh, Emma Hacker is someone that I think every time she steps on the floor, she's bringing something different than what's on the floor when she comes on. She comes off the bench. Um, she's got some height. She's a good passer. She's a good shooter. She can kind of play at any position on the on the floor. And to me, she brings a, a great dynamic to the floor when she comes on and plays. Bridget Fox had a great game against Xavier, uh, probably her best of the season, in my opinion, at the very least. Uh, Calissa Lacey hit some three-pointers. Only two. She was two of seven, I believe it was. Um, but uh, she had those corner threes that just they looked like spot on. And Coach Todd said she's the best shooter on the team. So we watched to continue to see her um, continue to contribute as well. And then Bria Bass is just kind of that stabling force uh, there as well. This is a great team, a fun team to watch. I encourage you to come and be a part of supporting EKU women's basketball along with EKU men's basketball, of course, as well. But we really wanted to give our time today and make this program kind of a football wrap-up show. And so that's why we brought on the guests that we have. And uh, we did post last week the award winners. We had uh, three awards that we gave out on the Sports Stove podcast. We had the Sports Stove Offensive Burner of the Year, Defensive Burner of the Year, and then Coaching Burner of the Year. We're trying to play on words, Sports Stove, Burner, those kinds of things. You'll hear Matthew Jackson didn't quite understand what we were doing, but that's okay. Uh, Ultimately, uh, he was excited about it too. So Parker McKinney wins our Offensive uh, award of the year, Matthew Jackson, the defensive award of the year. And then uh, we gave coach Jake Johnson, the coaching award this year. There were a lot of coaching candidates we could have picked from, uh, but felt like we wanted to make sure we recognized coach Johnson and his efforts as defensive coordinator. And then uh, same thing with the defense, a lot of options on defense, the guys that that made big contributions and did a lot of great things. Uh, but ultimately landed on Matthew Jackson. Then on offense, I, I think it was a no-brainer for Parker McKinney. He was the the most consistent force when it came to the offense, and uh, and so we gave it to him as well. But let's get in some guests, uh, and we are going to start with uh, the linebacker, EKU linebacker Matthew Jackson. He makes his second appearance on the podcast, and let's hear the interview with Matthew Jackson. We are joined now and again, actually, for the second time uh, this year 
by EKU linebacker Matthew Jackson. Uh, Matt, thanks for being back with us. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? It's a great, doing it's a great awesome to be back. Uh, now, I, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but you were the winner of the first ever Sports Stove Podcast Defensive Burner of the Year. Uh, when you found out about that, I mean, it had to just be the, the best day of your life, right? <laughs> yes, it was uh, It was pretty. It was a pretty good accomplishment. I didn't really understand what, what it meant, but um, uh, so you could probably tell me a little bit more about it, but. You were you were our defensive player of the year for EKU. We we picked you out of all your teammates. Um, we looked at we had a couple nominees, but at the end of the day, uh, you won out. Looking at your stats this year, you led the team in tackles, 102 tackles. You had 11 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, two interceptions, and two forced fumbles to go along with all just the the all around play as well. And uh, you know, we lo- looking at the season that you had, I, I know it didn't end the way you guys wanted it to end, but overall you guys had to be happy with, with the overall season, aren't you? Oh, what'd you say? I'm sorry. Uh, with the way the season went, I know you're not happy with the way it ended, but uh, you guys had to be pleased with the, the totality of the season, weren't you? How, how it, I mean, seven and four is that's, that's a pretty good year. Yes. Um, we, yeah, we weren't we weren't too happy about not making it to the playoffs, but uh, and then losing some close close key games that we should have won. But the overall play, I'm, I was very excited for my teammates that that actually played well, and we all came together in those close games to win, and the games that we did win um, to finish the season to try to be strong contender to make the playoffs. So. Yeah, I mean, I know you look back and you look at that Indiana State game. That one obviously was one that you go, man, we could have had that one uh, easily uh, with just one, you know, one or two different gone, things gone differently. But uh, then the other two, the two conference games that you guys weren't able to pull out, Stephen F. Austin and uh, Sam Houston as well. Um, I thought you guys played really well in that Louisville game. You weren't able to win. It didn't. The offense wasn't able to get points on the board. But that, in my opinion, the defense played really solid for almost every game this season. Yeah, so that's that's the kind of big thing, and I know you're going to talk to uh, our defense coordinator uh, that probably won the coach of the year in, in, in your eyes on the team. But um, that's what we kind of pride ourselves on is everybody just uh, being doing their 111. So uh, if everybody's doing their 111 and playing to the best of their ability, like we had Davion, we had Cal, um, Tyon leading the team in tackles too. We had D-line playing very well. And uh, we had Joe Sales coming down, making a forced fumble, getting some key interceptions. Jaden Woods getting key interceptions. Even Roy Baker was uh, banged up a little bit, but he he still did his uh, kind of thing in that in that such. But that's just that's just what we took to the table right there, and trying to practice hard and be that be the best team in in FCS uh, defensive wise. So. Do you guys think that you were able to establish something this year as far as an attitude, um, a uh, a personality that can carry over in the years to come for EKU? Yes, and, and, and that kind of happened um, with, like, the leadership. So with the leaders that we had on defense uh, by, like, the old leadership that we had on defense with uh, Shane Burks, Q Floyd, even Roland, Roland uh, Water picking up some key um, confident boosters and his own type of like swag from uh, BG. Um, We all just came together and kind of like had a strong mentality about um, this is how we're going to attack the defense and and this is how we're going to play together and kind of just stuck with it. And we all just kind of brought our own swagger into the mix and it all just formed together and, and stayed strong. Yeah, and you know everybody I talked to this season, we had a number of players on throughout the year. They all just talked about the cohesiveness of the team, especially on the defense. I think it was a team as a whole, but the defense, the way you guys just, I mean, bonded so quickly this year uh, with so many new guys on the team and and uh, guys coming from different places and everything. It just seemed like you guys truly loved each other out there. Yeah, it was. It was just. I think the main thing was just the unselfishness amongst everybody so like when Davion was getting his stuff and another corner probably wasn't getting as much hits he wasn't he wasn't discouraged by that he took it as a challenge and when they came to his way he he made he made the necessary read and got his 
got his own. So it was just that unselfish play by everybody on, okay, I am that guy, and I know he's that guy, but now we got to play together and all play together so we can all be that one team and that one defense. So that's uh, a strong do you, thing that a defense should have. Do you have any eligibility left? Yes, I have a year. A year left. Okay, that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. So then you look at next year. Um, what do you think is going to carry over from this year to next year? Um, As far as uh, what? As far as like you guys, you already, you know, last you got far more wins this year than you had last year. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Will it be an attitude? Will it be a personality? Will it be um, a style? Anything like that that you guys established this year that you think will carry over and help the team next year? I think that unwillingness, um, desire to just keep growing is probably what's going to uh, make us grow even more in the spring because, as I said, um, there was only a couple seniors on the defensive uh, side that were seniors. Like So with those key uh, factors being gone, we are still a young defense. And um, I know we have a couple leaders still staying, but the desire for everybody wanting to play is, is going to rise with, the more wins that you get on the team. So everybody wants to put their accolades and their stats out there or put their face out there to perform well. So um, just that overall competitiveness is 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 what's going to push over to the next spring and even into the fall with the people that we're going to bring into the spring. So more competitors and stuff like that to uh, just keep our, keep our defense alive. Uh, I know you, you are losing a couple guys, you know, this year, um, some key players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, this year as well. What, what did it mean this year to have some of those guys that were only here for a year, uh, come in and become a part of the program and contribute the way that they did? I think it's a big testament, um, to them because they had to learn a new, a new scheme, a new defense, get acclimated with new coaches, new playing styles, with new people. So I feel like that was just a big thing on their part and showed them how it, it displayed how their leadership and how mature they was to come in and take that, that, that role that they wasn't the starter and then they had to become the starter. So just that overall fight and stuff. And then for us, people staying here like me i i just welcomed them in taught them the taught them the standard taught them eku like defensive way that i've already learned from uh last year and just kind of like develop them into um making sure their style is now colonel style instead of it being from wku or bg or wherever they came from so just making sure that we can all speak Colonel, which is what we say on uh, defense. Everybody's speaking Colonel. Everybody's is everybody's going to be right. So it's just that overall um, mindset. Uh, what does your off season look like? I know you guys are probably still doing some work. So, I mean, of course, you got the finals and everything this week. But uh, when do you get back to, to, to working on football? Oh, I've already been back to working on football since probably the weekend that we found out we weren't going to the playoffs that that next Monday slash whole week, I was basically um, getting in contact with uh, back home people that I used to train with over the break and um, going back home and I trained with them. Then I came back up here, got a little treatment. And then um, now I'm waiting to finish my finals and stuff like that and uh, go back down there and train with them and uh, basically just work on some more technique stuff, probably gain some more pounds and stuff like that. But um, that's pretty much it overall. So is that part of your main goal for next year is, you know, gain, putting some weight on um, and kind of developing for looking even post-college, uh, I guess. What would be your main goal for next season, not as a team, but you individually? Uh, my main goal for me individually is um, probably just breaking down all my film for the past two years, see how I've grown and see how I still needed to probably find things that I need to work on on probably like hand placement and stuff like that. So really end up analyzing and dissecting the film and probably getting better with that and then turning that over to actual physical um, training. So getting hand placement training and then um, most likely my biggest thing, my other biggest thing would be weight gaining. So uh, that's probably 
pretty much everybody's goal is to keep gaining weight and maintain the weight and stuff like that. But um, I'm trying to still gain weight and maintain my speed, athleticism, flexibility, the key um, things to for NFL or post-college athletes want to keep to maintain. What's your goal weight? Do you have a, a weight that you want to get to before next season? Um, on my goal weight, uh, which is probably kind of might be a little too far, is probably 225. But uh, the coaches say I, they, they kind of want me at like 215. And I, I played at 210 and 205 the whole season hmm. and then in the 200 range. So, I mean, those extra 10 to 15 extra pounds shouldn't be a, a, a big um, – rope for me to climb but uh i feel like i'm i'm willing to take the challenge so uh 225 um coaches want me at 215 uh i probably get to 215 see i maintain there and if i'm comfortable there then i'll stay but if uh i feel that i need to get a little bit bigger or um even cut a little bit um i'm willing to do that all right, great season, seven and four, four and two in the conference. Uh, the defense was just great all season. We really enjoyed watching you and your teammates as well, and we appreciate you coming on here a couple times uh, to talk with us. Good luck this off season, and uh, looking forward to seeing you back on the field next season. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matthew. We sure appreciate you coming on uh, there. And uh, sorry about any audio quality issues there. It was uh, uh, he was driving, so, so we had a little bit of stuff going on there with the phone. But uh, we sure appreciate him coming on and being a part of the program. When we come back, we're going to talk with defensive coordinator Jake Johnson about this season, about next season, and other things all in between as well. But first, let's hear a word from our title sponsor, IPM Pest and Termite. With over 20 years of experience, Matt Schaefer and the good folks at locally owned IPM Pest and Termite provides pest control service for all of Central Kentucky's pest control needs. Whether you have a current pest control problem or want to prevent infestation from ever entering your home, IPM Pest and Termite offers maintenance programs that will help keep pests out of your home and provide peace of mind. So for dependable, reliable services that you can count on, get in touch with our good friend Matt Schaefer and IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. Welcome back into the Sports Stove Podcast local hour. We focus all things EKU. We got some great guests coming up in the future weeks. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Subscribe, share, all those kinds of good things as well for the podcast. Uh, we are going to try to start utilizing our YouTube page. You can find it by just searching the Sports Stove Podcast. And uh, putting these episodes up on there, it takes a little bit more editing and issues uh, than it does to do the audio. So nonetheless, we will work on getting those up there. And uh, you can find us on YouTube and subscribe there as well. You can always follow us on social media uh, at Sports Stove on both Twitter and Instagram uh, there as well. Then a special announcement as well. Um, Friday morning, 9 a.m., we're having a special episode on ColorCast, the ColorCast app. It's not it's not a local hour episode. It's not an EKU-based only show. We're going to be talking all things sports, uh, college football, the coaching carousel, NFL, Major League Baseball free agency, all that kind of stuff uh, on there as well. But if you've never been on the ColorCast app, you can download the ColorCast app for free. And on Friday at 9 a.m., you can find us uh, broadcasting on there. You can jump on, uh, come on as a guest, ask questions. We can talk EKU uh, sports with you. Uh, they're live on the ColorCast app, so you can find us, uh, same as our Twitter and Instagram name, Sports Stove. That's what you can find us on, ColorCast. And then tune in live Friday at 9 a.m. and uh, jump on the show. Let's talk some EKU sports. would love to get a more publicity out there for EKU athletics, and uh, having you jump on there with me would be a great honor as well. All right, up next is the interview with defensive coordinator Jake Johnson and uh, and another driving interview, so there are a few audio issues there, but bear with us, and uh, hopefully you enjoy the interview as much as I enjoyed uh, talking with Coach Johnson. So let's get to that interview now. We are joined now by the inaugural winner of the Sports Stove Podcast Defensive Coach of the Year and EKU Defensive Coordinator, Jake Johnson. Coach, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, gladly. You know, I've had a lot of your defensive players on this season, 
and uh, they all have kind of given credit. They've passed it around. They've said to the coaches, they've said to the other other defensive players and things like that. It seems like from the outside looking in, this defensive uh, crew that you had this year was a special unit of, of guys. Yeah, they're a good group of guys, man. They, they came to work every day, uh, you know, enjoyed playing with each other. Um, and really kind of play, play for the guy next to him. And that's something we, we talk to him about all the time. You know, it's not necessarily uh, playing for the coaches or playing. It's all about the guy next to you, the guy sitting next to you in the, in the meeting rooms and uh, kind of go from there. Would you say that this team has been unique of the guys that you've coached or uh, have you had other teams that were similar to this as far as the cohesion and the togetherness of this unit? You know, I would say I've been lucky to be around some teams that um, have that cohesion, um, but I but I think it's 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 a lot of the things that you, that you try to breed into them, you know. And I think a lot of um, a lot of people are telling guys, "Hey, man, get yours, do your own thing." You know, if you if you constantly talk to them about the team and talk to them about you know playing playing for the guy next to you, you know, I, I think you I think you can replicate that that year in and year out. Um, and get that mentality. Um, you know, I was a former offensive lineman. Um, I'm a big team guy. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that this was a little bit of a special team too, though. You have a long history with the university, uh, both playing. Um, your wife played at volleyball. Uh, you've coached here before. You're back for your second stint. Um, is has there anything that's changed over the years at EKU that you would say has gotten better, or has it always been great? Well, I tell you, the whole campus has got a facelift, and uh, a lot of the facilities have all changed. But uh, the thing that I think always has made Eastern Kentucky a special place um, is the people around there. Um, you know, and, and that's that's the that's the thing that's always made the university great, and it's been really. Um, a big part of my family, um, you know, is the people and the people around there. Um, when I walked on that campus when I was 18 years old uh, till, till now, they've always been um, exceptionally good to me. Um, and, and heck, a lot of the, the guys that I've brought on campus, uh, that's that's what makes the place great, um, in my opinion, it's the people. You know, it's funny. Uh, we talked with Kyle Bailey after the, the Jacksonville State game. Uh, and the press conference. And then once the press conference was done, everybody was packing up to leave. Kyle just kind of stood around and he just started talking to us. And one of the things he talked about was the university as a whole and why guys should come and play at EKU. We're going to have him back on the show uh, at a later date to talk about that in more detail. But do you think that the way that the people are at EKU, uh, what Coach Wells has brought in, what you guys are doing on the defensive side um, – it seems like it would be awfully enticing for guys that are looking for an opportunity to play. It, it seems like just a great atmosphere for guys to come into. It, it is. It is. It's a really good atmosphere. Um, you're going to get some support, um, you know, from the people in the community. Uh, there's a lot of pride in, in, in our school. Um, and there's a lot of pride in, um, cause a lot of people that, that come to that school are first generation, uh, students, you know, it's not Eastern's, you know, it has a lot of first generation students. And um, we all, I think, you know, as a as university ca uh, community, um, you know, we're trying to help the next generation get better, you know. Uh, and that, as far as helping that next generation get better, um, it seems like you guys are doing it again from the guys that I've been talking with and everything. It's been great. Let's talk about some of those guys on this year's team. Um, and why it's so special. Let's start with that defensive line. I, I know that obviously you focus on linebackers, but you are the defensive coordinator. That defensive line seemed to really hold their own this year and uh, and produce not only in the run game and stopping the run, but getting good pressure up front uh, from your front three especially. Yeah, those guys, those guys uh, we took an approach. Um, well, we're going to play a bunch of them, um, and, and we did. Uh, I give uh, Coach Hawkins, our, our D-line coach, a lot of credit. Um, we just sat there and thought, you know, really went to the Louisville game and we're like, Hey man, we need to play more guys to get, get these, get all these guys playing their top game. And, um, we didn't really have a, a one, one or two defensive line, you know, somebody started the game, but, but at the end of the game, when you looked at all the reps, um, that, 
Um, but yeah, our defensive line, you know, I think they really embraced that, uh, that mantra of all those guys playing a bunch and, and being a unit, you know, um, and, and I think being the, you know, second year running that system, uh, they really started to evolve. And I mean, how much different was it without having the COVID issue? I mean, you still had some COVID stuff, but nothing like last year. <laughs> um, have you been able to have that off season and that work to put in with these guys? Yeah, there, there's nothing like the year before. I mean, we uh, had a chance to work with them a bunch um, and get them running the same plays. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in, you know, a lot of different stuff. I believe in fundamental football. Um, and our D-line plays, what we asked our D-line to do uh, didn't change from the beginning of spring ball to the end of the, end of fall ball. And the guys that stay around, we're going to do the same stuff. We're going to do what we do. The same techniques, call it the same words. Because uh, I think that's how you that's how you get better. Um, it, it's just muscle memory and repetition. Let's talk about those linebackers. You had some, some real veteran leadership uh, there this year, both inside and outside. Uh, you know, we had... Uh, three of the linebackers on our show this year and uh, actually just got done talking with Matthew Jackson just a few minutes ago. And I mean, this crew, they just seem to be the the core of your defense this year. And, I, and that's again, just me looking from the outside in, uh, but it seemed like a real special group of guys, those linebackers. Yeah. You know, it, it, they are, they, they are, they, they're, they're, you know, they run to the ball, they hit people. Um, and you know, they're, they're competitive. They're really competitive, um, not just competitive with the other team. They're competitive with each other. Um, I thought it was funny that uh, Kyle Bailey and, and, and Matt all year sit there and talk trash to each other about who's going to lead the team in tackles. And at the end of the year, they both ended up with 102. So they're tied, <laughs> you know, and, and they, literally that's all they talked about. Sometimes I'm like, hey, man, all right, guys, I don't care. All right, let's let's move on. One of you guys will have it, one of you won't. And then they're both right. They both did, you know. So yeah, um, it was a special group in that aspect. Um, you know, Harris Harrison's development uh, came along. Um, you know, he he actually he matured uh, some, and he's got to continue to get better in the in the run game. But I thought his maturity in the fast game uh, this year was unbelievable. Uh, Javari Anderson did a good job for us, um, playing different roles. You know, I thought him and Matt did a really good job playing. You know, one guy playing the field, basically the Sam, another guy playing the Jack and against 10 personnel. And then Ubong did a great job uh, playing against more 11 personnel stuff and guys just being unselfish. Uh, Caleb Lundy did a good job coming off the bench for us um, this year, um, which was very unselfish to him. I mean, so um, I was proud of them. I think, I think they'll continue to develop. And I think we have some guys that uh, we haven't heard about uh, yet that will continue to develop and make more plays next year for us. One of the things Ubong talked about when he came on the show was learning how to drop into pass coverage because he was a defensive lineman before he came to EKU. You guys moved him to outside linebacker. He still got to do some of those same things as far as rushing the passer and things like that. How hard is it to teach that transition from a guy who's just been on the line his whole life and now has to learn how to drop back into coverage? It's it's not an easy skill to learn. Um, it, it's all about it, – it's just reps. I mean, it, you, what you got to teach the kid is, all right, athletically, you're good enough, and that's what they all worry about first. Um, and then and then you got to – You know, so if somebody has to hit you on you, just tackle the darn thing, let's move on to the next play. You know, but it, it is an acquired skill, you know. Um, and, it, and it did take a little bit, but but I will give him credit. He got outside of his comfort zone. Uh, he worked his butt off, and, and you see him getting better and better week in and week out. You go to that back end of the defense. Uh, Davion had three touchdowns, pick sixes this season. Joseph Sales uh, was kind of an anchor back there as well. The other guys stepped up and played well also. Uh, how did they complete that defense? i tell you what, they did a good job um, – really route recognition um, and getting us lined up. You know, our safeties have to be our quarterbacks back there. It's um, They do a good job of making our adjustments and things like that. Um, and, you know, they they did a really good job with that um, as far as our safeties goes. Our corners, um, 
the route recognition out of those things, some of the routes that Davion jumped and made were just great plays. I mean, I wish I could take credit for, for a great call, um, but but they weren't. You know, one of them, he was supposed to be in the, in the third, and he, he knew the route because of where somebody was. And he seen it and studied film, and he went and made a play. You know, and that's, that's what you got to uh, – those are the things that, that they really as a group took on the identity of their stuff. I thought uh, Coach Dietzel and Coach Franklin uh, did a really good job of getting their guys in there, uh, studying more film. Uh, Woods would have those guys over there. You see them on, uh, you know, Wednesday night when the coaches are, you know, we're leaving out of there. We're having our, we're having our meetings at night, and I'd see those guys coming out of the film room. I'm like, man, and they tell me all kinds of stuff. There was one game that they – uh, it was a, I don't know, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday, and Woods came in and started talking about something that the offense does, a hand signal that we hadn't picked up yet as a staff, and he picked up on it. And, you know, that, that, that stuff's invaluable. You know, and we, when we got guys doing those extra things, um, it pays dividends. You guys are working on building next year's team now. Um, how hard or easy, I guess, how does the transfer portal affect your job as far as a recruiter goes? Does it make it easier or harder? You know, I think it makes it what it is. I don't know if it's easier or harder. Um, I know there's a lot of work that goes in recruiting. Um, it's just different. It's not necessarily harder or easier um, because, you know, obviously uh, the portal goes both ways and, um, you just got to be on top of it. Um, you know, you get you get phone calls from um, coaches at schools and, and stuff like that on on, on guys, and it, it's just different. It's just new age recruiting, and um, you know, I think it makes it harder to focus on uh, the high school kids right now. You know, uh, because there is so much talent available everywhere. You know, it used to be all right. This is your pool of talent. That's your pool of talent. You go, you go, you go find those pools of talent. But now with the portal, you know, there's, I mean, there was probably 50 kids that went in the portal today. And there'll probably be 50 kids going there tomorrow, you know. Um, so you got to constantly stay on top of it. Well, you guys definitely were able to build a team this year that had success. I know that season didn't end the way you guys wanted it to end, but I still think it was a, a very successful season. Um, and a lot to build on for next year as well. You do lose some valuable guys, some leaders on the defense, but you also return uh, some really talented guys that played a lot of football for you this year. How much do you expect there to be turnover as far as uh, a percentage-wise, just guesstimation, I know we're early in the process, um, that you would say guys that were already on the team are playing next year versus new guys that are filling in? You know, I really don't know at this point, you know, because it's so – um, you know, we did lose, we did lose some valuable members, um, you know, and then there's some of those guys that, uh, that can graduate, you know, they're in different, different situations, uh, because you had that super senior year where we had some super juniors in there, you know, um, it, it's just so, so early to be able to tell, um, you know, but I, I think we'll be able to return, you know, we played about 22 last year, uh, 22 guys, uh, the majority of the time. I'd say we, we were, we'll end up returning the majority of those guys. Um, probably be, I don't know if you had to put a percentage on it, probably 70, 75 percent, you know, but it's, but it's, but it's early. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Well, Coach Jake Johnson, defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach for EKU, uh, you were awarded the, the inaugural Sports Stove Podcast Coach of the Year. Uh, you beat out some of your assistants and your head coach as well. I, we thought they all did a great job, but. <laughs> But we wanted to make sure you got some recognition for the job well done this season. So congratulations on a great season and looking forward to the, the defense you put together for next year. Well, I certainly appreciate the award. Um, I don't think I've ever got a, a coaching award before, so I'm, I'm very fired up about that. Um, and, and thank you guys for all your great coverage of our program. Hey, thank you, Coach. Uh, enjoy yourself. Stay safe out there and enjoy the uh, recruiting trail as you get going on that. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Coach Johnson. We sure appreciate your time and enjoyed uh, talking with him. It's the first time I've had a chance to talk with uh, Jake Johnson, and so enjoyed that. And a long, long history uh, with EKU, his wife again, 
uh, was a very good volleyball player. He was an offensive lineman, and we didn't get into that conversation as far as the offensive lineman coaching the defense and all that kind of good stuff, but uh, that happens a lot. But nonetheless, it's great to have the Johnsons uh, back in Richmond and, uh, and appreciated his time as well. Our final interview of the episode is presented by Bible Pathway Baptist Church in Richmond, Kentucky. Uh, you can find more information about the church at BiblePathwayBC.com. That's BiblePathwayBC.com. Services are Sunday at 1045 a.m. Then they feed anyone that attends the service afterwards for lunch. And then they have a one o'clock service if you're willing to stick around for it. And uh, friendly people, maybe the friendliest church in Richmond. Um, but uh, nonetheless, Bible Pathway Baptist Church invites you to attend any and all of their services at any point, sure would love to have you there. Just as Bible Pathway Baptist Church invites you to attend their services, we invite back Walt Wells to the sports stove. We are joined now by EKU head football coach Walt Wells back with us on the program. Uh, coach, let's start by uh, uh, squashing the rumors. You're not going to Notre Dame, are you? No, I'm not Catholic, so I'm good. I'm Baptist. They wouldn't hire me. (laughs) I know everybody's just wondering. I mean, Stoops was just, you know, a ploy for all them jobs for me, really. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the season. Seven and four, four and two in the conference. I know it's not what you wanted, but I still think it's a, a really good season. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, you're never satisfied uh, without championships and the chance to play for championships. Uh, But I'm proud of our team and I'm proud of our staff and and a lot of the things that we accomplished this season. I mean, you look at you you take a step back and look at everything that's gone on. I mean, our motto is still a matter of pride and expect to win. But, you know, it's it's there is some pride that that came throughout our season, I think. And I think we learned how to expect to win big games and games that are important games. Uh, we lost some too, uh, and and that's the that's the heartache of it all. But uh, I think we learned from all the way from the beginning of the season through the season, and continue to build the culture that we're looking to build uh, here at EKU. With that building a culture, it seems like the the guys that came in just for one year. Um, came in and contributed, gave you a lot, and really bought into what you guys are doing at EKU. What does that say about your program, about your staff, about the players that were already here, that these guys can come in? And it says a lot about them as well. It came in for just one year and bought into what you guys are doing. Well, I think first and foremost, you talk, you said it last. You're talking about the, the young men that came into the program, the Kyle Bailey's, the Roland Walters, the – uh, you know, there's a list of them and, and too many to remember right away. But, uh, but you know, we, we brought some guys in that, that wanted to come and contribute and help us build what we're building. They wanted, you know, to create value for themselves, and we always talk about that. But uh, they came in, had the right mindset. Uh, you know, we want to be about football. And that doesn't mean we're not going to do all the other things that encompass the, the growth of a human being and, and a young man and all that good stuff. But I think they decided, you know, that, that we were generally try, trying to help them better themselves, create more value uh, in their football life and, and their academic life, whether it was a, a second degree or whether it was a chance at a master's degree. Uh, those guys came in and played extremely hard and exp- extremely well for us. And you know, Brad Davis just pops into my mind. Think about him running off the field on the last time and hugging him. And just uh, I think it speaks volumes to our staff, too, and, and how they can relate to these kids and these young men and what they're going through in today's world. So uh, really pleased with how they uh, all interacted and how they infected our program. Uh, like I said, a Kyle Bailey, I don't know how he's – him and Roland Walter and Brad Davis aren't elected – you know, all conference teams and there's more, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and, uh, and I was proud of what they've done and their eternal kernels, as we like to say. I'm going to have Kyle back on the show again, but after the Jacksonville state game, Kyle came into the press conference and talked with us and we got all done. I was just telling coach Johnson this too, but we got all done with the press conference. Everybody was packing up to leave and Kyle just kind of sat there for a minute. Then he just started talking, uh, just kind of conversing back and forth with, uh, with us off the record and stuff. But he started talking about how much he loved the university what it meant for him to come play here, and he doesn't see why any player shouldn't come to EKU. Um, he, he could be a valuable tool for you in recruiting, I think, but we're going to have him on to talk about that, exactly why EKU and and why other guys should come uh, as well. 
But not only do you have guys like that that came in for the one year, you also have these guys that have been carryovers, guys that were here before you got here right. as well and continue to play hard and well. And now you look at the next season, you've got some returning guys that played some incredible football this year. Well, we've got some guys that got some experience, and, and you're right. Um, we inherited some good players. Um, you know, Matt Jackson, who, who you know, has been an All-American last year for us, up for the – he's a Buck Ward finalist. Uh, I'm sure he'll be up for All-Americans All-Conference player. Davion Ross, who was a wide receiver when we got here, we moved him. Um, and, and, you know, the list goes on on some other guys. Parker McKinney, obviously, had played a couple of games here when we got here and been off and on as a starter. And, you know, for whatever reasons, and I, I, I don't say that to bash anybody or, or – no, I, I, I'm, I'm not in their shoes, wasn't in their shoes. But those kids have really bought into what we're doing, and uh, and we bought into them, I think. And I think it's a two-way street when it comes to trust, and I think that's the most important thing that you, that time takes to build. And we got robbed of it in the COVID year. Uh, you know, I mean, we are getting ready for spring ball and all that good stuff, and COVID happens, and we try to figure out how to do sp- – summer and we got a bunch of issues there and and you know it's just a lot of different things that were going on and and those kids just continually to bought into what we I think they felt that we genuinely cared about them and they started to trust us and and they're good athletes and and made started making plays and they got a good experience last year uh and they kept working to be the the players that they are and and there's more than just those three I named but there there's a you know Matt Wilcox uh uh, you know, Dakota Allen moving to, to tight end and becoming the threat that he is and Peyton Collins and Drew Hart being good players and Howard Watkins and Q Floyd making all conference, you know, just, you know, guys that probably had some maturity issues earlier and, and you know, with a with a change came a chance to redeem themselves a little bit. And they did that. And you know, that means a lot to us, but it's also a maturity process. I mean, I remember when I was a freshman and sophomore in college, and my coaches <laughs> didn't like me very much. And then, you know, we actually had the same type of thing, a coaching change, and I got new life. And the new life was good for me because I needed it. I was a really mature freshman and sophomore, but that's for another day. Um, oh, uh, I'm glad they, they, they didn't have computers back then. That's right. <laughs> yeah, social media, all that stuff. Um, Parker, you get a full season with Parker McKinney this year. Uh, he'll come back next year, uh, I would assume, just that much better because of, you know, he came back from the injury, played well. Um, what does it mean as a head coach to have a quarterback with that much experience returning returning again next year? Well, I mean, I think everybody knows that if you've got a quarterback, you got a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And I think Parker has proven he's a winner, you know, high school, college, and, and now this past season. Uh, you know, he, he puts us on his back in a lot of different ways. And, and Park will be the first one to tell you, he's got some good players around him. But, and, but he, he is the one that, that drives, our, uh, drives our team, to be honest with you, and he's going to have to drive it uh, as we move forward. And we need some people on defense like Matt and Jackson and, and others to step up and continue their great leadership. But, you know, when your quarterback is the guy, you got a chance to do some special things. And I've been around some good ones, and, and Parker's right up there. I mean, I'm really happy that, you know, I'm really – Glad he was here when we got here. I'm glad he chose to stay and fight through the the all the quarterbacks we brought in to try to take his job. And you know, and I tell these guys, and that's what I'm out doing right now. I'm out recruiting. I've been to t- two home visits, going to another one here in the great state of Kentucky. And and I tell them, I said, our job is to come to go find guys that can take your job, and it's your job to keep your job. And you know, I think that's important to understand that you know it, this is not a uh, a gift. This is is it's it's a responsibility and you know, you have to fight for what you want in life. I mean, same thing when it comes to your job and different things. And we all know that you got to fight through life. And, and Parker has shown what a fighter he is and what a competitor he is. And we're really, really fortunate to get here. I'm actually on the road with Trent and we've been talking a lot about him and just really, you know, amazed at some of the things he does and, and really thankful. With, with the recruiting going on now, how much do you love being back on the road again? Well, I, I love it, actually. I, I you know, I, I've always, you know, I kind of made my bones as a recruiter. And uh, and so, you know, I always love being on the road. But 
the older you get, the more crap you got to carry with you, you know, <laughs> pills and different things like that. So, you know, I, I, I went, sometimes I like being at home, but no, I, I, I love being out and bouncing hotel to hotel and, and seeing all the co- great coaches in the state of Kentucky. We're going to Tennessee, see the great coaches in the state of Tennessee. We'll be at both championships this weekend and watching these young kids compete for, you know, the gold ball, which is what everybody wants. And, you know, when you go play high school football, it's just such a great memories. I mean, I sit back, I'll, I'll see my best friends uh, from my high school. They'll, they'll be down at the state championships. We're not playing in it, but but they'll be down there and we'll hang out and, and watch the games and talk a little bit. And I'll watch and talk to coaches. But, you know, I grew up recruiting these two states and Kentucky and Tennessee. And so I know a lot of coaches and it's just great to get back and actually see them, you know, and, and, yep. and be around them. Sometimes you run into them when you're in different places, but you know, I, I hadn't seen my brother in two years and, hmm. you know, and he's a high school coach in Murfreesboro. And so I'll see him and, and just things like that just are, are really, really nice. You got with the recruiting, you've got that added on to what used to be just going out in high school recruiting. Now you've got the uh, transfer portal and everything that adds to that. Of course, there's been a several already announced the guys that are announced that they're leaving the program and other guys that have left other programs. And now you've got to put all that in. How do you manage your focus between the high schools and then the college transfer guys? Well, the good thing is with the high school guys is, you know, you're on them as juniors. And you can, it all kind of source out for you. And so we've had four or five commitments, I mean, five or six actually, commitments that, you know, in both these states and, and one other that we've been, you know, we've been hard on and, and they're all committed to it and they're solid. And that's who I'm going around and doing home visits with, getting mm-hmm. to meet their folks and getting to see where they're from and see their high school. You know, if I hadn't been in, most of them I've been in. But, you know, just see and meet everybody. They got questions for me. I got questions for them just finalizing everything as we get close to that December 15th signing date, the portal, you know, yes, we've had some guys that have, uh, have gone into the portal and we wish them well. I mean, to me, they're colonels for life and they're going to be something else for life wherever they end up. Uh, you know, I was talking to, uh, to Butch Jones actually today and, and he was telling me that his guy just told him there's 750 people going to portal. Gracious. And it's, Something's going to be done about it. Uh, I don't know what. I'm. I I'm not that guy that's going to you know have the influence to to change anything. And so what I got to do is just understand the rules and take advantage of them for EKU football. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we've got uh, coaches in I don't know fifteen. They'll be in twelve different states uh, this week. And so uh, you know. It's we're really trying to find the right guys. We don't have a lot of scholarships um, to offer uh, with with the nutrition we had. You know, everybody saw Senior Day. Right now, some of those guys, a lot of those guys are coming back. I know that can change, and I just, you know, I keep a lot of that stuff in house. But uh, right now, we've got good good return rate uh, on our football team, so we don't have a lot to offer. But we do have some holes we have to fill. We have to increase our talent. We have to to get to that next level that everybody wants us to be at, including ourselves. And so that's what we're out trying to do. And, you know, this time we get to look at them, see them, talk to them, see where they're from, know more about them. The same thing they, that they get to do to us. And, and I think that's a great thing. Last thing for you, Walter, it was announced today. I believe that he uh, is getting to go down to the FCS bowl and right. participate in that and a great opportunity for him. Uh, I guess last thing is just uh, how proud of you are these guys that you that you will be losing that are leaving because they graduated out or out of eligibility. I, I, I couldn't be more thankful for them, to be honest with you, for my wife and my kids and myself and our football program. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of the caregiver of EKU football. We all know it, it's it's bigger than us. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than than anything. It's it's. EKU. It's it's everybody that's that's played here, coached here, gone to school here, and that's a fan. And so we're so happy for them and grateful for them. Uh, they gave us a lot this year. They really did. I mean, not a lot of predictions for us to be more than seventh or eighth, I think it was. And, mm-hmm. and we come in there at second. You know, I think it's tied for second with, uh, I forget who, uh, Sam or uh, Stephen F., excuse yep. me. And so, you know, I, I think uh, – our fans need to appreciate those guys. And I'm not saying they don't, I just, you know, they need to, because those guys came in, bought into a lot of different things at a time where they, they, a lot of them had only seen it through FaceTime. And so for them to come in and be able to do those things, I think it's really speaks high volumes to what type of people they are. 
And and like you said about Kyle, I think Roland Walter feels the same way. I think Brad Davis feels the same way. He's got an affinity with VMI. I know he loves VMI, but he also loves EKU. And I think that that is a positive thing that comes out of the transfer portal. So we're very thankful for each and every one of those guys. Uh, there's more more names than I can can remember right now on this little uh, <laughs> section here. But uh, you know. So many guys that came in and pulled their heart into what we were doing, and we appreciate them. We'll, we'll help them in any way we can. We're so proud of Roland for going into that all-star game. He has a desire to play at the next level. I think he has the talent and ability to do that. Uh, you know, everybody's journey is different, and uh, for him to get that chance in that all-star game, I think is, is something he can go in and maybe turn some heads on because I think he can turn some heads, and we're thankful to have him. Does the USFL start back up again? Is that the thing that helps your your guys that are coming out? I think that helps everybody. Yeah, my guys, uh, you know, our guys, everybody. I, th- I think the more football that's played, the more opportunities you are. You know, I'm a guy that kept trying in Canada and never, you know, never really stuck that long. But, I, you know, I got a chance to at least taste it. And, you know, my brother played in the USFL. He played for the Memphis Showboats with Reggie White. And so, you know, guys get a chance to do those things. It, it, it's, you know – the tryouts are even fun. You know what I mean? If you get to put a helmet on, it's great. And, yeah. you know, I, that's, that's my extent, but you know, other people got different stories and, and, you know, Trent Stillman played for the Ravens for a while, you know, just different things that just come around that just mean so much to these kids. And yeah, I'm, I hope the USL hits it. Uh, I had a kid I recruited that was committed to me in South Florida named Bruno Reagan. He, he played in that league. That's the only thing he got. He was all, he started center at, Vandy for four years he played for a year and it was awesome for him and he still talks about it so I just think the more opportunity you can get to play ball if that's what you really love to do and you want to do and you believe in yourself my dad used to tell me all the time you got the rest of your life to work boy go do what you got to do and, and until you get old enough you can't do it and so you know that's kind of what I did and, and uh, you know I'm not saying it was right for everybody but it's right for me yeah well, Coach, congratulations on, on a good season and excited about what's ahead for the program. Good luck out there on the recruiting trail as well and excited to see what, what the team is looking like come next season. Well, we look forward. I appreciate you. I mean, you, you're doing a great job there getting the word out for us. And uh, anytime you need us, we appreciate it. And uh, you have a good, uh, good holiday season coming up. Thanks, Coach. Have a good one. Thank you, Coach. I'll tell you, it it goes uh, – I don't know what I can say. I'm so appreciative of Coach Wills and his willingness uh, to come and be a part of this podcast and to come on throughout the season. And, and even tonight, uh, we, we recorded that Tuesday night. He was recruiting. We originally scheduled a time earlier in the evening, and he was still at a, at a recruit's house, and, uh, and he was very kind to just reschedule to a later time in the evening and uh, still do that. And, I mean, he came on as soon as he got into his hotel room – he popped on and had the conversation with us, and we're so thankful for uh, his willingness to do that, as well as Jake Johnson's, as well as Matthew Jackson. We are sure appreciate Rickson and all the guys uh, at EKU that have helped us in getting these interviews scheduled, and and uh, it is a an absolute pleasure to work with Eastern Kentucky. I have I have had contact with other universities uh, for our regular podcast show that we do weekly. We usually on a Thursday evening we go live on Facebook and YouTube and uh, Twitter, and we talk general sports. My dad joins me for the show and that kind of stuff. And, and I've, I've had on other coaches. I've had on other people from universities. And I've had a lot of universities that just re- either refuse to work with us or um, are not kind in how they say no, or they are kind and they say no. But uh, Eastern has been a, a wonderful school to work with. And I uh, look forward to continuing to bring you um, what we biasly think is the best EKU coverage around. So uh, hopefully that you enjoy the EKU coverage as much as we enjoy covering uh, EKU as well. All right, that's our football wrap-up. We are going to work to get Kyle Bailey back on the program, as I mentioned in multiple interviews on this on this episode. Uh, the stuff that he was talking about after the press conference after Jacksonville State, it needs to be heard by everyone. Uh, his love for the university um, is, is something you need to hear about. So looking forward, hopefully, to getting him on again soon. We'll get some uh, basketball, both men's and women's basketball representatives, coaches, players, things like that on in the coming weeks as well. Uh, but we did want to give just kind of a, a, a one more full episode, basically, to the football program and uh, wrap up what we thought was a, a phenomenal season, 7-4, and 4-2 four, four and two in the conference next year. 
Uh, it'll be all A-Sun guys in the conference. Of course, Jacksonville State's out. Uh, they just hired Rich Rodriguez, by the way, former Michigan and West Virginia coach. Um, but they're they're moving to Conference USA. Uh, then we got some teams that we didn't play this year that will be transitioning into the A-Sun as well. So it'll be a great time. And we'll talk more football as the summer lingers and things like that, recruiting. Uh, we'll, we'll keep up to date on the recruiting stuff as it comes out as well. Several players have announced that they are leaving the program and entering the transfer portal. None of the ones that I've seen, at least, or heard of yet, are ones that that you know played significantly. Obviously, otherwise they probably wouldn't be transferring out in most cases. So, uh, but they are they are headed away. New guys will be coming in. I know they're um, the coaching staff is excited about some of the guys coming in. Um, very excited about one guy in particular. But um, we'll get to that when it becomes all official. And uh, excited about just what's ahead for this this football program as a whole. All right, a couple of things to remind you about, and we'll let you go. Uh, Friday, 9 a.m. on the ColorCast app. Tune in. The, the Sports Stove will be there. You just search Sports Stove. It'll pop up there. You can join the program. You can come on the program and talk about EKU or any of the other topics that we're discussing at the time as well. And uh, looking forward to that and appreciate your support there. When it comes to this podcast, if you can rate, review, subscribe, share, all those kinds of good things, let people know about us, uh, then that we're talking EKU sports. You can follow us on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter and YouTube. You can find, or excuse me, Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. We're working on putting these episodes on YouTube as well. And you just search for the Sports Stove Podcast. You'll find us there. Thank you to IPM Pest and Termites, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professional for their part in this program and sponsoring and supporting us as well. Find more information at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and looking forward to our next program next Wednesday, the local hour. And then you can always catch our, our other episode, the Sports Stove Podcast, uh, usually Thursday evenings live. And then, in, of course, Friday morning, you can find it in the podcast as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. Mm-hmm.